Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 15 of Pigskins and Nylon. I'm Wally Lukashinsky, and I'm joined once again by my great friends and co-hosts, Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. we got another fun show lined up for you guys today, but first, we're going to say hello to the boys. Hayden, Casey, what's going on, fellas? What's up, Wally? Man, not much happening over here. Just football and work. The Mets are trying to give away the NL East, unfortunately. They are terrible. Just lost 3 or 4 to the Marlins. We have a football scrimmage tomorrow. First one. Excited about that. And I'm excited about football tonight. Steelers and Cowboys. We were talking earlier. I, I hope Haskins shows us something good tonight. Other than that, doing great. Aiden, how about you over there? How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Been been actually really busy. So this week was supposed to be my week off that I can kind of relax before school starts on, not school, but training starts on Monday. So I'll be heading back over to the to the school. But this was my week off to kind of gather everything uh, and mentally prepare myself to start. But it hasn't actually gone that way. Madison and I are trying to figure out health insurance. You know, just adult stuff. It actually fucking blows really bad. Plus, we were supposed to have a scrimmage tomorrow like Casey, but unfortunately, we really don't have enough guys to have a scrimmage tomorrow, so uh, bad things happen in the neighborhood. Yeah, we'll get through it. We'll survive. Also, also, Braves making a little push. They were two and a half back, making that little push towards Casey's Mets, so hopefully that trend continues. No, yeah, I've been seeing that you guys are getting a little close in the NL East there. Like you said, two and a half games, and we, what, have a month and a half, two months still to go? Should make for a fun little stretch for you guys. Yeah, on my end, though, outside of that, yeah, I had a wedding this last weekend. Two of my best friends got married. It was really cool. It was a really fun weekend all the way around. And now, like you said earlier, Casey, football really feels back as soon as preseason football gets here. It really tells you that we're on that precipice. We're almost there. And like, yeah, Dwayne Haskins, hopefully going to get a few series, it sounds like, in the first half after Mason Rudolph. Hopefully looks good because I'd love to see a little Buckeye love in the NFL from the quarterback position before Fields. But outside of that, I'm just happy to be here. Going to be a shorter episode. I know we say it all the time, but there's nothing to talk about. So we're going to be short this week. And then I'll remind you guys at the end, we're taking next week off. I'm out of town and I edit, so that kind of makes it a little tough. And it also works out well because after next week, we're almost immediately going to be jumping into two shows a week, as we told you guys at the start of this. So here for the next few months, you're going to get a whole lot of us. So enjoy the little break as we will this next week. But otherwise, fellas, what do you say we jump right into? We're not doing our Big Ten, Big Five this week. Getting a little too close to the season. We want to mix it up a little. Casey's actually going to do a little bit of a trivia corner here. I don't know what we're going to call yet. I guess that we can just go with that for today. Casey's Trivia Corner. He's going to ask us a few questions. Play along at home. Feel free to pause as he asks, because I think Hayden and I are going to be pretty rude with trying to beat each other to the punch here. So, Casey, how about you take it away, buddy? I know you've been excited about this trivia for quite a while, so show us your worst. Oh, yeah. And we got a, we got a little prize tonight, too, for the winner. The winner gets a $2 Venmo from me. Wow. Unless you guys... That's Let's go! I need $2, man. <laughs> I will keep track. And I... Do you guys want me... Because it's not like... I didn't plan on doing like a... Whoever answers it first kind of wins situation. I was just going to give each of you an opportunity to act, to answer. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it that way where it's not like uh, Jeopardy where you have to buzz in first. Let's do... Each of us gets like... 30 seconds to come up with an answer, and then whoever is gets hey, the most yeah. correct at the end is considered the winner. Does that, does that sound fair? I was going to say, feel free to even go first. I have a notebook right here. Casey and Hayden, you guys are basically holding me to it. I'll write my answers too, so that whenever Hayden gives his answer or not, if he has the right one, I can prove I had it. And if he doesn't, I can give my guess right then. So does that work for you guys? Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't think we even need to really... I don't think you need to write it down if you don't want to. I mean... This is all about pride and prestige here, man. All right, all right whatever, whatever, man. Whatever works for you. 
So if you guys are ready to go, I got the questions right here. Are we ready? Give me a let's, thumbs up if we're ready. Let's do it. Let's we're do talking it. even though you asked for a thumbs up. So here's yeah. my thumbs up. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you following directions, Wally. I got you, buddy. All right, number one. Who led the Big Ten in scoring for the 2020 season? Now remember, quarterback passing touchdowns don't count. So I'll give you both about 20 seconds to answer or, or think out loud. Hayden, if you got an answer, go for it first. I have one written down. I already know it's wrong. I know that it's not going to be a Buckeye because he's asking. So I went outside, but I still think it's wrong. Yeah, I I was trying to think outside of Ohio State too, but my mind just keeps coming back to who scores the most points. And it seems like Ohio State scores the most points all the time. So Remember, remember that kickers count too. Great point. Is that a hit? Is great, that a hit? Great point. Is that a hit? I can neither – Confirm or deny. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. I don't know the name. I'm just going to go with Indiana's kicker. <laughs> I was saying Stevie Scott, but I originally was going to say Fry Fogel, but I, we're both on the Indiana train right now, Hayden, so we're probably both wrong. You are both wrong, actually. It was Mohammed Ibrahim, Ooh, okay. Minnesota's running back. Did not see that led, coming. Wow, that, that was a very the, misleading hint that you gave me. I I didn't say it was a hint. Oh, and I uh, guess Ohio State makes sense because of the what extra games that Minnesota probably played. Sorry to cut you off, Casey. No, it's all good. Minnesota played seven games last year. Ibrahim had fifteen touchdowns and led the conference with ninety points. Wow, that's Neither a good first question got. there. Yep. All right. On to the second one. According to the updated roster on Lindy's Big Ten magazine, Ohio State has 47 recruits from the state of Ohio. Which state does Ohio State have the second most recruits from? I'm going to go with Texas. Wally? I have Texas written down. You can't really see it, but there it is. Yeah, I can see it. Yep, you guys are both correct. Texas with eight recruits. That is including Quinn Evers that I added on there. So, good job. Okay, number three. Like a lot, of, a lot of these are kind of Ohio State ish. Uh, I would say six of the ten are. Anyway, going on to number three. Ohio State's offense has been explosive the past three seasons in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Between those three seasons, which team averaged the most total yards per game offensively? What you got? I'm going to go with 2018. I went with 19. I'm singing to Dwayne Haskins here, which would have been 18. So 18. Uh, the Haskins. I did. I, I caught myself as I was doing yeah, it. Yeah. So We're going 18. <laughs> Good uh, okay. job, Wally. <laughs> okay. We're on the same page. Uh, it just wrote down you, like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You guys are both correct. 2018 Ohio State averaged 530. 35.6. Whoa, he wrote 19. That has to be only half a point for him. I, I hand yeah. up. It was a quick buzzer error. That's all that was. I'm an idiot. I believe 2019 was like 530, and then 2020 was like 525. They were all within like 10 yards of each other, which is pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't have uh, guessed that at all. Yeah. Moving on to number four. Ohio State was ranked as having the second easiest schedule in the Big Ten in a 247 article that we referenced a few episodes ago. Out of the 12 regular season opponents on Ohio State's 2021 schedule, how many had a winning record in 2020? Big 10 and non-conference included? Yep, all out of all 12. Can we look at their schedule, or is that part of the question we can't look at the schedule? I feel like we got to go just raw. If you can look up a schedule that doesn't have their records next to it, I mean, that would be ideal, but I'm not sure that you can find it. So, I actually have the schedule right here, and I don't have any records oh, next this, to them at all. Yeah, will you read the Ohio State yes, schedule real quick? Yes. I'll just read it out loud, and then you can we can guess how many are above 500. So, Perfect. Minnesota, Oregon... Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, 
Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan. Those are the, the 12 games on the regular season schedule. All right, well, I'm going to write down my number. I'm probably missing one. I'm stuck, but I have my uh, my guess. So whenever you're ready, Hayden, let us know. What you got, Hayden? All right, I, I'm actually going to go with... My gut, my original gut was two, but I think I'm going to go with three because I think one of the other non-conference games might have been 500, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to go with three. I put three as well. I have Oregon, Tulsa, and Indiana just because I felt like Penn State would be a trip for a lot of people because they were under 500. You guys are both correct. Give each other a point. Wally, give yourself an extra bonus point for getting all three teams correct. Yeah, Hayden, go to hell. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Hayden. We're tied I'm just kidding. now. Oh, that's <laughs> what the that's Bush League. But this, this is giving me the I'm extra half kidding. point back kidding. from the last question, so we're all good. <laughs> all right, moving on to number five here. Which Big Ten team had the worst scoring defense in the Big Ten last season? Points per game. Oh, okay. I have my answer already. Okay, I I don't know if this is actually right, but I think I actually read about this online like a couple weeks ago. I thought it was Minnesota. I have Minnesota down. Let's go, Hayden. This this is unbelievable. Ooh. This is actually unbelievable. Until Casey tells us we're both wrong. Well, what? Well, that is incorrect on both of your. Uh, Minnesota guesses. It was Michigan State. Michigan State gave up 35.1 points per game. Minnesota gave up, where is it at? 30.1, which ranked ninth. You know, dang. I don't. I I just had a hunch it was Minnesota. I think it's that game you and I watched together, Hayden, the Maryland one, where Minnesota gave up 185 points. I think Michigan even scored a million on him in the opening game last year. I just assumed that trend stuck out. So good question there, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to number six. In terms of yards per game, who is the leading returning wide receiver in the Big Ten for 2021? This is a tricky one where I feel like it could have been one of the Buckeyes. But, again, I almost feel like it's like a trick question, so I went another way. So, Hayden, you go. I have it written down. What you got, Hayden? Freifogel is coming back, right? Yep. 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 So, that is going to be my uh, guess. My guess is David Bell. I didn't know how – I can't remember off the top of my head how many games per Point That's two. also a good guess, Wally. Thank you. Point two, Wally. David Bell last year had – Average 104.2 yards per game. Second was Chris Olave at 104.1. He's got to get better. Literally .1. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, is Wally up one right now then? I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm not keeping track, but yeah, I am up one. <laughs> okay. Boom. All right, let's see. let's see if we can get this one. Number seven. Which team finished second in... 2020 in scoring points per game offensively. We all know Ohio State's number one, but who finished second? What you got? I I think I'm really overthinking this one, but God, this is going to be wrong. I already know it's going to be wrong. Indiana. I had them written down initially, scratched out. I have Maryland underneath them. Wow, Wally, I am not sure why you thought Maryland, they ranked 11th in the conference in scoring at 23.6. That, <laughs> that should be negative points. That, <laughs> that game now, literally bled into my brain, the Minnesota yeah, one, that, where I'm like, Maryland just scores terrible. 50 points a game. <laughs> oh, well. So I, this is kind of a tricky question because I figured that you guys would be on the Indiana train. It was actually my Iowa Hawkeyes with 31.8 points per game. And Indiana was fourth with 28.9 points per game. I wonder uh, where they would have been had Me- uh, Michael Penix Jr. not got hurt before. Because that was the only reason I scratched them out at the end. Yeah, that's a fair point. What are we on now? Is this seven or eight? This is eight. All right, three to close the gap, Hayden. Yeah, and they're the next two are Ohio State ones. 
Who was the last Ohio State freshman to win Freshman of the Year honors in the Big Ten? The most recent has to be J.K. Dobbins, right? You're probably way better than me here. I put J.T. Barrett. I was spacing after that, and I don't even know if he won it, to be honest with you. Ooh, two really good guesses. But it was actually Mike Weber in 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty close. Dang. Um, I thought for sure I had that one. Number nine. In 2019, Ryan Day won the Hayes Schembechler Coach of the Year honor in the Big Ten. Who was the last Ohio State coach to win the award before Day? God. I'm almost positive that Urban Meyer never won it. God bless. I, you would think Jim Trussell would have to have won one. I went with you. I feel like early on <sighs> in that 2002-ish range, he would probably get it because Ohio State wasn't Ohio State at that point. You know what I mean? So, Hayden, what's your guess? Jim Trussell. You are both incorrect. It was Jim actually Trussell? Earl Bruce in 1979. Get out of here. Trestle didn't even win the year. They went 13-0 and in the regular season, huh? Nope, because I'm pretty sure Iowa's coach You're right. was the one that won it that year because they, w- they went like 11-1. Oh, let, let me no, pull it right. up. No, you're right. They were co-Big Ten champions that year. I think they only lost a non-conference game early in the season. Yeah, all right. So in 2002, yep, Kirk Ferentz. Man, he's been I, forever. Yeah, I, that that one blew my mind, that an Ohio State coach has won one Coach of the Year honors in 40-some years. It's crazy. Yeah, it's almost... I don't like this game. It's like the LeBron fatigue right, last almost. one is... <laughs> this last one I feel like will be kind of easy if you don't overthink it, but I feel like you guys have been overthinking a couple of these so far. But last one. So Big Ten teams, and this is kind of a sour note here. Big Ten teams have been a part of three of the six biggest blowouts in the college football playoff era. With that being said, what is the biggest blowout of all time in the short college football playoff era? What you got, Hayden? The answer doesn't have to be a Big Ten school, does it? But then why are you asking the question? See, this is where I'm overthinking it bad. Because when I was doing research, I, I found that Big Ten teams were, yeah. You, I mean, don't overthink it. I'm going to say Washington when they made the playoffs. I'm about to run up the score late, I think. In 2015, Michigan State lost 38 to nothing to Alabama. Dang, no! Wally, you are actually incorrect. No! Get out of here! In the t- in the 2015 Rose Bowl, so the year Ohio State went to the championship, Oregon beat Florida State 59-20, to which is by 39 points, whereas Michigan State lost 38 to nothing. That was tricky. Good job. But, it's something yeah. about when a team has 20 <laughs> points, you just feel like 38 nothing is worse. But that's a really, really good one. Wally, do you have the final standings there? Did you? Did you end up winning by one? Yeah, after you told us that, we both either got it right or wrong every single time. All right. Well, that concludes the first, what do we call it, Casey's Trivia Corner? Hey, it works for me. Yeah, can can we talk about fine. just for one one brief moment how I picked Washington there, and apparently that's a horrible pick. They only lost by 17 in that game. I can't, I can't believe or that. Something like that? 24 to 7. That was the final score. I can't believe that. I don't know what it is. The scores, they just get locked in this brain. I, I got nothing else for you. It was one of those, though, where Alabama was up early, and it was just boring the rest of the game. But, Casey, great job. That was actually a lot of fun. We might have to bring that back out, especially in these kind of slow weeks where we are looking for a little bit of time. But great job getting those. I'm going to put that $2 in the Dogecoin, and when it's on the moon, I'm going to look back and thank you for this. Congrats on your $2, Wally. You know, I really appreciate that. It takes a big man to say when you lose $2. So, hey, man, I appreciate that. But let's, without further ado, let's just jump into our very brief topics this week. Really not a lot to talk about. And the only two before our recruiting update are Ohio State news. 
and I felt that they were big enough that we had to throw it on here. We'll start with the obvious. Quinn Yours officially enrolls at Ohio State and joins the football program. What now, guys? Like I said before, I don't think Ewers enrolling early at, at Ohio State has an impact on the football season this year. However, it does kind of raise the interesting question as to like who's more likely to transfer, which I'm sure we're getting to that. And for me, if Ewers is the real deal like everyone thinks, it's going to be McCord and Miller that are out. And then you've got to think the sad part about it is Ohio State's likely only going to have Ewers for one year now before he goes to the NFL, assuming that Stroud has the year everyone thinks he's going to have this year and then wins the job next year as well. Unfortunately, we might only get to see Ewers at Ohio State for one season. That's kind of where my, my mind went when he enrolled early. Hayden, what's on your mind? What do you think about the Ewers situation? Actually, I'm, I'm going to kind of add a little bit to Casey's. There's a scenario where Ohio State, or I guess Quinn Ewers never starts a game for Ohio State, and which would be actually kind of crazy with all the hype that's coming out of him. Let's, I mean, he's more than likely not going to start this year at all. I mean, I don't think there's really a chance of that. Maybe... I mean, maybe if there's injury late in the season, there's a possibility, but not likely. And then, you know, Stroud probably is going to be back next year. He's probably going to win that job again. Is he, you know, with all his talent and all his hype, is he going to want to sit for two years before he plays? I don't know, but that's where the scenario would be where he actually never starts a game at Ohio State. Now, here's where I'm going to disagree slightly with both of you, because I do agree that I don't believe that we see him at all this year. But just because C.J. Stroud has a very good year, I think it would almost take a title to guarantee that job again, purely because we've seen now how highly rated, highly touted he is. You bring a guy like that in, you have to wonder. It's like similar. You go over to Alabama or you go over to Clemson. Alabama's probably the better example real quick. They had Jalen Hurts. They were winning games, but the better quarterback was right behind him in Tua. And naturally, Jalen eventually transferred out. I don't think that Stroud's going to be, I guess, as... I I think that he could be a better college quarterback than Jalen. With that being said, I don't think that it's a guaranteed foregone conclusion that it's his job next year. I don't think we see yours this year, especially or at least in meaningful reps. But I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a guarantee Stroud has that starting job next year. So I'm a little bit more hopeful. Well, what, what happens if Stroud goes out and puts up Justin Fields-type numbers? You know, that's one thing Jalen Hurts didn't do. Like, he, he never really had outstanding numbers until he went to Oklahoma. I think that's why they kind of went toward Tua – and the national championship was, well, because Jalen was a little bit limited in what he could do, but also it's not like Jalen was lighting the world on fire. He was more of a game manager while he was at Alabama. And I think with Ohio State's offense and Stroud likely winning the job, he's going to put up good numbers. And I just find it hard to, you know, sit a guy after he throws for 42 touchdowns to eight interceptions or something, you know. No, absolutely, and I do think that it's going to be a challenge no matter who it was, whether it was McCord or whatever that's going to have a big year. They're going to with this offense. I just think that it's going to be tough when you have the best quarterback recruit you've ever had and most hype around a guy since Terrell Pryor to sit him and potentially risk him transferring out. I think that it's going to be much more of an actual conversation, which is unfair to Stroud. But if it does happen that way, you'd imagine Day's going to at least try. Maybe not. I mean, he probably wants to keep that room as strong as he, he can. But you're going to give the guy ample time to potentially transfer out if you are going to go another direction. I suppose that'll be something we're obviously going to be revisiting come spring. Because that spring game, you know how everybody overreacts to that. If yours comes out and tears it up and looks better, you're already going to have people calling for the job. It's just a matter of we're getting we're putting the cart ahead of the horse. We need to see Ohio State this year first. Yeah, just just to your point, like 
I think we all kind of get, you know, hyped up around him being the best quarterback recruit that Ohio State's ever had. This, this, and this. But like C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord were five stars and different. McCord was on the two four seven composite. I don't think Stroud was. Yeah, I think he was really close. But like these guys aren't aren't bums. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're very talented guys that were highly rated in the recruiting as well. So I just think Stroud has a good year, pump the brakes on Ewers, and you might only get him for one year. I think regardless, it's one of those, it's a great problem to have if you're an Ohio State fan is who do you start? CJ Stroud, Kyle McCord, or Quinn Ewers? And that's even, that's even not even mentioning Jack Miller, who can go and be a solid quarterback somewhere else as well. I, yeah, I, I mean, we'll definitely keep our eyes on this. It's going to be changing as the year goes on. It only takes, what, a bad game against Oregon, and you're going to have a bunch of degenerate Buckeye fans already calling for his job. So we'll see how that goes. You know, it, it can be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. I think if they handle it like they handled the JT Cardale situation in 2015, it could really throw a wrench in how good this Ohio State team can be, in my opinion. And then on top of that, if you got guys that transfer out and you only left with that one stud, let's say it's Ewers in, in year two or three, then, you know, one injury to Ewers and you're throwing in some dude off the street, basically. So they need, I'm sure they will, but they need to play it very carefully with how they handle these four guys, in my opinion. Yeah, you can't have that kind of quarterback carousel again. The only thing I'd say to that is from a talent with the arm perspective all of these guys are probably exceeding that especially when JT and Cardale came in Cardale had the monster arm strength but it sounds like these guys have a little bit more of the accuracy in check but you're right you have to basically commit to your guy and run with it you can't do this dilly-dallying around like we saw what happened in 2015 so we'll see it's again we'll, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes on it just real quick to touch on Recruiting a little bit, I've, I've been reading quite a bit, and a lot of the analysts think this could open uh, an opportunity for Ohio State to get in on a 2023 quarterback now that Ewers is a year ahead of where he normally, or where he was projected to be, I guess. So it could you be interesting to see how Ohio State and Ryan Day... Maybe that's what I meant, yeah. But it's just it, it'd be interesting to see how Ryan Day and Ohio State it elects to move forward with this and and how their you know quarterback situation is going to play out on the recruiting trail as well. Yeah, I heard uh, a lot of buzz about Ohio State going and get going after Drew Allar, the Penn State commit, because they didn't really go after him after they got Quinn Ewers or anything. So that. That would be interesting because I, I don't think they can not get a quarterback in 2022 now, especially with probably only ha- having Ewers for one year max. I think they need to get a quarterback in 2022 now. Off topic for you guys, though, but I have to bring it up. We're watching right now, as we alluded to earlier, the Hall of Fame game has started. Is there a more NFL-looking environment than seeing the black and gold and the Dallas Cowboy white and blue. I mean, it's just so, it feels great. We're, no, there's not. It's so NFL, right? You literally look at it, you're like, this just feels so right. Oh, my boy Najee Harris in the black and gold. Oh my gosh. He's out here averaging six yards of carry already. What a beast. I love him already. I'm sure you're going to have us distracted here and there when a big play happens, so bear with us. Well, we are going to switch gears to a little bit more of a somber topic for Buckeye fans. Came out this week that Tyler Friday is likely to miss most of the season. Ryan Day didn't disclose the injury the last couple days. He wanted to talk to Tyler Friday first to see how that goes. But what I will say is that all of a sudden now, Day has no optimism for him, or at least for later in the year. Who's going to step up? Because all of a sudden, that's kind of a thinnish position now at that edge rusher. So... Is it Zach Harrison, or are we going to be looking at some of the freshman guys here? Wow, that's completely the opposite of what I wrote down, Wally. First, very unfortunate news for Tyler Friday. I feel like he never really got his career going at Ohio State, and this year would have been a good opportunity for him, but he likely won't have that chance anymore. And and in my opinion, this injury means more playing time for JTT and Jack Sawyer 
which means by the end, uh, whenever Friday gets back, he's more than likely going to be buried on the depth chart. So, I mean, you feel bad for the guy. This could have been a big year for him, but, you know, with two top five recruits coming in, D-line, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him, I would expect Friday to probably transfer out after this year. He's a senior too, right? So would you imagine that he sticks around since, I mean, he's got probably no prospects for at least early-ish day one or two. So where would you expect him to go? Just like a smaller school, kind of like Noah Spence did? Or do you think he'd go to a big school like that? I mean, I'm sure there'll probably be a lot of suitors for Tyler Friday, I would assume. He was a pretty highly rated recruit. And I mean, three, four years of developing at Ohio State, you know, he's going to be more than likely he's going to be physically ready to go play wherever. So I, I would imagine that he goes to a bigger school but because Noah Spence was kind of off the field issues, bad character issues, not really. I, I haven't heard anything about Tyler Friday being an issue off off the field or anything. So I'd expect him to go somewhere bigger. If I was uh, Greg Chiano, I'd, I'd be giving him a call. Uh, you know, he is from the New Jersey area, so I think I definitely, definitely would be hitting him up as long as he is, you know, back from injury and ready to go. Yeah, that's good points, honestly, by both of you there. I, it's just one of those where, or situations where we, and ultimately at the start, would have loved to see Jack Sawyer and JTT get in naturally just because I guess they're, Basically, you can't not play these guys, but it does look like they're going to have a larger role purely on this. It's a shame, too. It really sounded like Tyler Friday was going to do well this year. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys see that clip of JTT doing those bag drills that was released, I think, two days ago or something? No, I haven't. Oh, man. (laughs) That boy, if he actually weighs 280 pounds, that, that that boy can move. He moves like he's 240. A lot of excitement out there. We It's just a bummer for Tyler Friday. I know Buckeye fans everywhere kind of have, you know, mixed feelings, obviously, on this. Because you're excited about the freshman, but you're really bummed out about him. Now, do you want to jump in real quick? We got your little recruiting update. Last one for a couple weeks. Both of you. I don't know which one of you wants to go first, but let's uh, go right into that now. I can go ahead here. Honestly, not much. This was by far the least amount of commits that we had since we started doing the show, I I believe. Penn State got a four-star linebacker, Abdul Carter, out of Pennsylvania. Michigan State got four-star defensive lineman, Alex Van Sumeren, out of Michigan. And then Nebraska got a three-star offensive tackle, Valen Erickson, out of Illinois. A lot of shakeup in, in the recruiting rankings – Penn State now has the number one class in 2022 with uh, Ewers reclassifying to 2021. And then, unfortunately, the Buckeyes lost five-star cornerback commit uh, Jaheim Singletary also in the past week. Um, but actually, some breaking news here. Michigan just landed a commit, four-star, 97, composite rating, Terrace Reed. He's a center, 6'9", 230, basketball commit. I forgot that he was committing at, I think, like 7.30 and just looked it up, and he did commit to Michigan. Really really not the highest-rated recruit in terms of what Michigan's brought in recently. But, I mean, he's 70, 71st nationally, got some really big offers. That's one thing that you always got to look at is who, who offers him. But a good get for Michigan. I mean, high four-star guy, always nice to have. Yeah, I, I really don't have much – Except I did have one interesting note that I did send in the group chat earlier this week. It's not a commit yet, but there are seven crystal balls for a athlete from Michigan. His name's Jaden Mangum, all to Michigan State, which I thought was interesting. Just, you know, Michigan State with the new staff building those in-state ties. And I was looking on his list, you know, for Michigan on the list. And they were way down at the bottom, um, not listed even in his uh, 247 has like an interest thing where it's like warm, warmer, cool, you know, thing like that. They're way down at the bottom on cool. So it doesn't even sound like they're under 
or in consideration. Just something interesting to keep an eye yeah. on to see if that's a trend that Mel Tucker and company can can keep moving forward. Yeah, that's a great point, Hayden. And like I just read, four-star Alex Van Sumeren out of Michigan was a one-time Michigan commit, flipped to Michigan State. His brother was a Michigan uh, Michigan football player for, I think, maybe three or four years, and then transferred, grad transferred, is now a linebacker at Michigan State. So I'm sure that that kind of pulled him to Michigan State as well. But you're, you're right. I think Mel Tucker's done a great job of really attacking the in-state recruits in the state of Michigan because looking forward, there are some really – good recruits in the 2023 class in the state of Michigan. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's building something good up there. That that would be nice, I guess. Yeah. Just even from the outside looking in, he really attacked the transfer portal in the last few months here. And now you also start adding and protecting state lines and competing with big brother, so to speak in Michigan. It's a really big move. And hopefully for Michigan state fans out there, it continues because I feel like the Big Ten, you need that, what, extra team. You you have the Penn States, the Michigan, Wisconsin, but when you have a, a healthy Michigan State, a healthy Nebraska, it really elevates the league. So it'd be awesome to see him continue that success. Well, then let's just jump right into our Ask CHW segment tonight. Surprise, surprise, we have another question from Alex Pessel, a little similar to last week. He wanted us to create a starting five with the sixth man, also wanted us to draft a coach as well using only Big Ten football players make the best lineup possible. This was tricky, guys. I was looking at this, and it was a lot more challenging than I expected it to be. Before we recorded today, we did record, or not record, we did do a randomizer draft order for this. So Casey's going to be the first part of this. I'm going to be second. Hayden, you're third, and we wrap around with you again. So Casey, who is the first pick of this draft for you? All right, so with the number one pick in the football-basketball Big Ten draft, I've got to go with the obvious, and that's J.T. Tuamaluiao, or however you say it. Obviously, a guy that has power five offers playing basketball, probably the best two-sport athlete in the Big Ten. Had to lock that guy down. That's frustrating because he was the clear and consensus number one, but you just had to hope in a draft like this. They have to think weird that it just slid under the radar a little bit. So good pick there. I got to go out now myself. I'm going to take my point guard here. And I figured for a point guard, you want to go with a mobile quarterback. Kind of have that little edge to it. So I'm going to actually go. I was stuck between Michael Penix Jr. and Adrian Martinez. But coming off the knee injury from Michael Penix, I'm going to go with Adrian Martinez. He's going to be my point guard. He's 6'2". He's not the biggest guy. But I like that idea of having that. I guess quarterback mentality is your point guard. So Hayden, you're up now. Who's your guy? Uh, this is going to go very, very badly for me because I had a list of about nine, eight, nine guys, and two of them are already off the list. So I'm going to be in the real struggle boat, struggle bus here. With my first pick, I'm actually going to take a big guy, and this is, I think, a little bit of a sleeper. Dewan Jones, who plays offensive tackle at Ohio State, actually had some college basketball scholarship offers now just to smaller you know smaller division one schools but I figured that would qualify him to at least be somebody who maybe you guys didn't even think of and somebody that I think could be a decent big guy. I mean he is a very large human so that could be a question mark of getting up and down the floor. Being a large human myself I, I respect the hustle and uh, I'm sure he can do a great job. This is this is where it starts to get real, real dangerous. I also went along the lines of quarterback for, you know, like point guard. And since Wally took my pick of Adrian Martinez, I'm going to take Michael Penix Jr. And I'm going to hope that he is uh, healthy from his, his knee injury. So those are my two. Wally, you're back up, buddy. Alex, we have to point out, this was a really fun one just because this is just not something we typically would think of. So, wow, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. So, I'm going to go next. I'm just going to go right down the line. I'm going to take my shooting guard now. I'm going to go with David Bell. 
I know I'm not going to have a big team, but we're going 6-2-6. Damn. I know. You like that agile, that agility. I'm loving it. So we're going to go David Bell here. And that's going to, I was going to say, I got my one and two taken care of. Now I got to start going into a little bit more sides. Casey, what do you got here? Your second pick. Wow. So I feel like, I feel like I cheated by having this magazine here. And because I'm actually getting actual basketball players. <laughs> Really, except for except for these two that I'm going to take right now, and the first one is point guard Ronnie Bell, because when Ronnie Bell came to Michigan, it was every Michigan game I watched. It was he was such a good basketball player, two sport athlete, this this and this, and so I'm going to take Ronnie Bell for my point guard position, and then at center, I'm excited about this pick. I'm so glad he's here. I have no idea if he's a good basketball player or not, but he is by far the biggest dude in the Big Ten. Minnesota offensive tackle Daniel Falele. He is going to be my center. He is six foot nine, four hundred pounds. So I will match your Dewan Jones Hayden with Daniel Falele. Wow, that was actually good. I see. I went a different route with my five here. Again, just like you, I have no idea if this guy's any good or not. But I just felt like if we're doing Big Ten teams, you need a big guy from Purdue. So I went with the offensive lineman from Purdue. We're going Gus German. He's six foot seven, still got a little bit of the agilities in the low 300s, opposed to that 400 pound guy. So he might get bodied a little bit, but I'm hoping he can run the floor. So yeah, Gus German, big guy from Purdue. It just felt right. Hey, and you're up third and fourth pick. I'm actually very surprised. Going into, let's see, what pick are we on? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is pick nine. And Garrett Wilson's still on the board. And I'm going to pick him to be my shooting guard. I'm pretty sure that he played basketball in high school. And I, I think he went to, like, Lake Travis. I think it's in, it's in Texas. I think that's the school he went to, which is a big school. So if he was able to play basketball at that school, he's good enough for my team. So he's going to be my third pick. Okay, so I got a point guard, a shooting guard, and a center. And I'm in I'm in deep trouble here. This one, I have no reason why I'm, I'm picking this person. I was really just looking at the different rosters in the league, and I, and I wanted to pick somebody on Penn State. So Rasheed Walker, who plays tackle for them, I'm picking him. No idea if he's ever picked up a basketball in his entire life. But I'm rolling with two big guys, so. I like it. Hey, that's the whole reason I went with my guy. I just went on size, and it sounds like Casey did a similar thing. So for my third pick, I got to get my one Buckeye here. I think it's going to be my only Buckeye on my team. I don't have too many written down. But I'm going to go Marvin Harrison Jr. as my three. He's six foot three. Again, I have no idea if he's ever picked up a basketball. I really like that you said that. I'm kind of with you. But I was going to say, I just imagine with how athletic he is, that he'd be at least able to ball handle a little bit. And you know, I'm just hoping the guy can shoot. So we're going Marvin Harrison, Jr. 3. Casey, finish up with your starting lineup here, and then we'll wrap around for your six and coach. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so I actually have my my first choice small forward and shooting guard still available on the board, so I'm going to go ahead and take those. Shooting guard, David Holloman. He's a fre- incoming freshman at... Indiana, he was an all-state basketball player in the state of Michigan last year. And then for you totally, forward, this is totally cheating. Incom- <laughs> and then with small forward, I'm going with incoming freshman Iowa quarterback Joey Labas. He's six foot four. He was a three-year letter winner in high school basketball. It's not even really worth putting a pull out because yeah, Casey, your team would probably body ours from the from the sounds of it right now. That's with that JTT pick at the start. That kind of hurt a little. But here, I'm going to go with my, I guess, I have to go with the four. I wanted JTT to be in that kind of a role early for me, but I'm going to go with another edge rusher, like defensive end. You know, you got me. I'm taking Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson. He's six foot six. He's a big body. I needed someone kind of like that to fill out my team a little bit size-wise. So that's my guy, Aiden I guess for you, you get to pick your fifth guy and your sixth man here. So who do you got? All right, here we go. My fifth pick, I'm going with Ty Freifogel, which I, I I thought somebody might pick. I thought I think that's a decent pickup. 
for my sixth man, I have absolutely no clue. So I wrote down Sean Clifford, and we're going to roll with him. So I have two guys written down, and I really don't have too good a reason for either. I think I'm going to take Stephen Carr. He was the guy that transferred in this year to Indiana, former five-star athlete. I just have to hope if you're a running back and a five-star athlete, we know how athletic you are. So I'm hoping to God he can shoot a basketball. At least you know I got speed here. So that's my sixth man. Round us out with your sixth man and your coach here, Casey. All right. Uh, Not to brag here, but I got the top six guys that I wanted. (laughs) My sixth man, I'm going to go with Andrell Anthony Jr. He's an incoming freshman to Michigan. Don't know why I couldn't talk there. Um, He was a member of AAU team up in Michigan in East Lansing. So I feel like he kind of balls. And then for my coach, I'm going to go with Ryan Day. Because I wasn't really sure if we were drafting a coach to play or to coach. And either way, he was my first choice. So, yeah, Ryan Day coaching the team. So, I'm going to go with Pat Fitzgerald, and here's my reasoning why. These are football players. They're going to muck it up, and that's what I'm going to need. He's kind of got that Big Ten personality, and I feel like it would go into basketball. Like a guy like P.J. Fleck would try to do the Musman Arkansas route where you're trying to chuck up three shots a minute. I don't need that. We're trying to win 50 to 49 right now. So Pat Fitzgerald's my coach. Hayden, last pick. Who's your guy? Yeah, I think that only leaves me really with one option. I think I wanted Pat Fitzgerald, but I'm a, I got to go with Paul Chris now. I, I just feel like he's a winner and can figure out how to, how to game the system in basketball a little bit. So, Ooh, didn't want to go with the Tom Allen route. Nah, I, he he would get ejected, I think, probably teed up twice in the first 10 minutes of the yeah. game. Fire and, up your team and then they Yeah, play. and give up four <laughs> points when we only score 40 a game. <laughs> Thanks again, Alex. This was a lot of fun, and definitely Casey won this one. I don't even think it's worth thinking about this. He came much more prepared opposed to we did. But that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon. We'll be back in a couple weeks on August 19th for a special season preview episode. We will break down both divisions and include our season predictions, so you really won't want to miss that one. Make sure you submit your Ask CHW questions by tweeting at us with the hashtag AskCHW. We'll also accept those questions tagged to us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll probably only do that one for this next episode before the season. The episodes will get long as we have a lot more to talk about. But don't worry, it'll be back in the postseason after, what, March next year. Make sure to give us a follow there on Twitter, at P&NPod, Facebook, at P&NPod, and Instagram, also, at P&NPod. But otherwise, fellas, short episode, do we have any final thoughts? Yeah, I've got a final thought. I'm, first off, really excited for our next episode. Going to, you know, it's going to take a while to prepare, in my opinion. So I feel like this week off is going to be really nice. But I think I saw a tweet that really stood out to me. And I think it said, starting this weekend, there's going to be a football game on every Saturday, or is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, until the end of February, or until the Super Bowl, so February. So, very jacked about that. Excited to watch the Steelers the rest of the night. Can't wait. I can't believe it's almost already here. Final thoughts for me, I got a, a couple. Ohio's tax-free weekend starts tomorrow. And goes through Sunday, so if anybody needs to buy any school supplies, I think clothes are included, you know, general stuff like that. As long as it's under $75, you can buy as much stuff as you want tax-free. So take advantage of that, because I'm going to. Also, um, I didn't check up on the on the MLB today, but Casey's Mets lost again, which moves my Braves another half game closer and they're favored to beat the Cardinals tonight. So we could we could make up a whole game today again and be within a game and a half. So looking forward, looking forward. Hopefully that happens. And I'm also looking forward to watching. Hopefully the Steelers lose tonight because even in the preseason, I can't root for them. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to tune in. You watch Dwayne Haskins here. We're at the two minute mark in the first quarter, so it should be a fun rest of the night to chill out and watch. My only other thing is, if you are even a little bit of a wrestling fan, Minnesota Golden Gopher, Gable Stevenson, 
He went out today, won 8 nothing against the defending gold medalist. The guy's a massive human being, and you don't see athleticism like it very often. So by the time this comes out, he's probably already wrestled this match. He's probably already won gold. But I hope that most of you get to see that. And a little love for the Big Ten. Get another golden gopher in there. And what, after Kyle Snyder, it seems that the Big Ten has a little bit of a staple there at the heavyweight position for wrestling. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys back here in a couple weeks for that season. Braves have the bases loaded with one out. (laughs) Of course they do. But we'll be back for that 16th episode here, right around the 18th or 19th. So keep an eye out for that. And in the meantime, keep your eye on the Braves and Mets too so that you know which one of these guys is going to be miserable when we come back. Otherwise, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks.